All right, guys, welcome on into heartlandcollegesports.com. It's time to recap week seven in the Big 12. I'm Pete Mundo, and we appreciate you joining us on Periscope, Facebook Live, YouTube, iTunes. We're on all these platforms, so go find us on each of those if you aren't already. We appreciate you. We're brought to you by betnow.eu. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. Uh, they're helping us. We're helping them. We're using them. I'm placing my Big 12 bets there all season long. So if you need a place to go, betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. Uh, thanks so much for doing that, guys. All right, let's dive into what was a busy week in the Big 12 Conference. All right, let's be honest. Uh, this week was all about a very purdy performance, okay? It was. It was a great weekend for Brock Purdy, and we are now officially in, can we call it Brocktober? Is that fair to do? I mean, Brock Purdy is the star, I believe, of the Big 12 right now. I just think that everything about this guy is just what you want to see from a true freshman quarterback. Um, and I know true freshman quarterbacks are getting more and more run as time goes on. I understand all that. But, man, you watch this team, and it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. It really is. So, anyway, let's look back on the week that was. And Curtis writing on Facebook Live, don't remind me of the weekend that was in the Big 12. Um, sorry, Curtis. I, I hate to break it to you, but that's kind of where we have to start because that is the story of the weekend. The fact that West Virginia went out there and looked as bad as they did in their first tough test of the schedule this season because the NC State game was canceled. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And Dana Holgerson called himself out on it, but he should be absolutely ashamed by how that game went. These guys were not ready. They had 150-something yards of total offense. That's how bad it was for Dana Holgerson. 152 yards this team had, not in a half, not in a quarter, in the entire game. And what's amazing, too, about Holgerson is he called himself out after the fact, but he didn't just call himself out. He called out a lot of what was going on around the entire conference. And what do I have going on here? I got audio coming from all over the place. So let me try to mute that for you here. I got audio coming left, right, everywhere in between. So it's uh, not a good situation right now. Anyway, you look at what happened in that game last night. Brock Purdy uh, lit it up again. Bear writes on Periscope, West Virginia, way overrated. They do this every year. Hard to argue with that. It's hard to argue with the idea that Dana Holgerson, I'm sorry, the guy's not a championship coach. I don't think he is. He's a great coordinator, but I have a hard time seeing how this guy does not have his team juiced up for this game last night. I mean, it's pathetic. This was the first difficult game on the schedule, and his guys melted down. They totally melted down in this game. And, you know, he can take all the blame he wants. I think Jake Spavadol's got a lot of questions to answer. I mean, his play calling was atrocious. John Haycock, give him credit, the Iowa State defensive coordinator. But let's be honest, Jake Spavadol did not make any adjustments. There was a big third and short in the second half. And this guy's running it between the tackles. I mean, you're getting crushed on the offensive line. So what do you do in a big third and short? Let's run it between the tackles. Why not roll it out with Will Greer? Give yourself the run pass option. I'm not saying Greer is you know, a running quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. But get yourself out of the pocket. Give yourself a couple of options to pick up a yard. I mean, it was 
pathetic play calling last night by Jake Spavadol, and he deserves a lot of the blame. I'm sorry, he does. Curtis writes, I think it's maybe time for some changes in the coaching staff in Morgantown. You know, look at Spavadol because when Dana Holgerson handed over the play calling reins to Spavadol before the 2017 season, he said, I need to take more of a CEO approach. That's how I need to do this. And uh, I think this is best for the future of the program. Well, considering this team won 10 games with Skylar Howard uh, two years ago, back in 2016, who was a not a very good quarterback, if they can't get a Will Greer-led team to a Big 12 championship game, that will be an incredible disappointment and incredible letdown for the Mountaineers. It just will be because they have a chance, and they can still, of course, make the Big 12 championship game. But the first bit of adversity they saw came last night in Ames, and they folded like a cheap suit, as the old saying goes. I mean, that's how bad this thing was. And I have a hard time seeing how that's going to change anytime soon. I, you know, I mean, they'll be favored in a bunch of games moving forward, but do you really feel good about this offense going up against Texas in a couple of weeks in Austin? I don't. And considering how good Greer is, how great these wide receivers are, uh, that was a tough, tough performance last night in Ames. But let's give credit to Iowa State, all right? I mean, this team was 1-3. The season was on the fritz. And they go out there and they pick up a massive win against Oklahoma State last week and then a huge win this week against number 6 West Virginia. I saw this stat, and it's um, Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell has three wins against top six teams. That's the same as, I believe it's Jim Harbaugh, Dana Holgerson and Chris Peterson combined. That's how good this guy has been against top competition. So kudos to the, uh, to, to the Cyclones who got a great win. Brock Purdy, I, I'm, you know, I like Kyle Kemp, met the guy at Big 12 Media Days. I don't see how you go away from Brock Purdy at this point. You, you just can't do it. It's Brocktober, baby. You just cannot go away from the true freshman right now who looks like a wily veteran out there. He does not look like a guy who was just making his first career start. Not anywhere close to that. So uh, kudos to Iowa State, the season back on track. And don't be shocked. I'm just saying, don't be shocked if Iowa State finds itself competing to get to the Big 12 championship game in November after starting off 0-2 in conference play. And if they had Brock Purdy against TCU, uh, imagine how this game would have been different. You know, I mean, it would have been totally different here. So great job by them. And uh, kudos to the, to the Cyclones for not folding this season and doing everything you would have hoped they would have done. This is what Iowa State fans thought they were going to see this entire year. And they played their butts off. So, so more power to them. Let's, uh, let's look at the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game. Oklahoma State is is a mess. I'm trying to find where all the Taylor Crelius uh, guys are and gals. I can't find them anywhere. I have people telling me before the season, oh, Taylor Cornelius is going to the NFL, baby. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I, he He's regressed in many ways, and that's not all his fault. It's not. But – they are running this uh, – talk about another offensive coordinator problem. Um, Mike Yurcich is trying to run this offense like Taylor Cornelius is Mason Rudolph, and he's not. And I don't know why they're just throwing the ball down the field, bombs away, like you got Mason Rudolph's accuracy on the deep ball. Taylor Cornelius doesn't have it. He just doesn't. And he was never going to have it. 
So I don't know why they didn't change the playbook a little bit to try to favor Cornelius. It just seems like they haven't done enough of that. He's got uh, 17 of 35 yesterday, 184 yards and two interceptions. He also was tied for the lead in rushes. That's a problem. Justice Hill had 55 carries the past couple of weeks. All right, so tell me why I'm lost then, Stern, on, on Periscope. What am I lost about? Tell me what I'm lost about. Don't just come on here and say that you're lost and you have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me why. I mean, why is Justice Hill not getting 20 to 25 carries in that game yesterday to set the tone against one of the worst run defenses in the Big 12 in Kansas State that gave up nearly 400 rushing yards to Mississippi State earlier this season? Using the run to set up the pass. Why is J.D. King getting five carries and Chubba Hubbard getting one carry while Taylor Cornelius is getting 11? Uh, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, it was horrible, horrible game management and play calling from Oklahoma State. And I just I, – I was not impressed at all by that game yesterday. And I don't know if you go to Spencer Sanders. You know, Dave Beal is our Oklahoma State guy. He said he would wait. He would just um, – riding him – he would just ride out Cornelius. It's probably going to be a lost season. Maybe play Spencer Sanders the final three, four games, allow him to keep the red shirt, and then go from there. That's probably the way to play it. Um, but I, outside of that, I – I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma State at this point is going to be struggling to get to a bowl game. So when it comes to Cornelius, you're saying because he was not proving himself early in the game. What do you? What does that mean? He was not proving himself early in the game. He stunk the entire game for the most part. And Kansas State's a bad football team. Yeah, they look better, but they're not a good football team, even though they beat Oklahoma State by 19 points yesterday. Not a good football team and not a team that anybody should be sitting here and saying, geez, I, I can't believe this happened. I'm totally shocked. I mean, no one should have expected Kansas State to win that game by 20 points. No way. Never mind racking up 291 yards on the ground with an offense that can barely throw the ball and its running attack takes forever, absolutely forever to develop. As good as Alex Barnes is, and he had a great game, four touchdowns, 181 rushing yards. I, I'm sorry, he he, you know, he looked like uh, Walter Payton out there, and he's not anywhere close to that. It takes forever for that run game to get going, and it just uh, it was not, it's not that good. It was not as good as Oklahoma State made it appear to be. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, Kansas State, I give them credit for a win. They haven't let up yet they haven't quit this season yesterday showed that Oklahoma State down the stretch especially the defense looked like it kind of just gave up I mean, it just it just did Jim Mills' guys had no interest as that game was wearing along and, and going on I'm, I'm sorry it doesn't it doesn't in the Big 12 any day any team can lose and we saw that yesterday Texas should have lost let's talk about that game uh, Baylor coming up short against Texas 23-17 how much of that is the result of Sam Ellinger not being in the game, I think, is a big one. You know, Shane Bouchelle, the guy can't hit the broadside of a barn on a 10-yard out route. And that's just – I was wholeheartedly unimpressed by his passing abilities. I don't know how he was ever in a quarterback competition with Sam Ellinger. Uh, they clearly missed Ellinger yesterday when he went out with the shoulder injury. And Baylor did outplay Texas for most of that game. I probably should apologize to Baylor fans here because I said they were the worst four and two team in America. And I'm not going to change the fact that I, I don't think they're, they're getting better, but I still don't think they're all that good. Um, you know, I, I think that if Ellinger plays that whole game, 
the game ends up being completely different. You know, I just, I just think that changes the entire feel and momentum of that game. But you have to give Baylor credit. You can only play the players that are on the field. I understand all that. So I'll give them credit for that. And they certainly enjoy playing for Matt Rule. And I like the fact that Texas um, – Burden writes, Texas wins by two touchdowns with Ellinger. He's probably back after the bye week. Yeah, that's, that's why I like Texas minus the 14 points. If you told me – that Texas would have held Baylor to 17 points in this game. I would have loved the Longhorns to cover the spread of 14 points, which, by the way, I picked and I lost that game. Absolutely. They would not have had an answer for Ellinger's you know, run-pass option, dual-threat ability. They would not have been able to stop him. He would have been piling ahead for six, seven, eight yards every time he wanted to. Um, Shane Bouchelle does not have that ability, and he also just, frankly, uh, is not a very good passer. I, you know, I thought this guy was a pretty good passer when he came in. It looks like he's regressed in that department based on what I've seen. The amount of missed throws downfield, uh, there, there were quite a few of them from Shane Bouchelle. So I give Baylor credit, though, because they did bust their humps in this game and they fought and they had a chance at the end to tie or take the lead. And these guys are fighting for Matt Rule. And most importantly, the rah-rah Art Bryles guys continue to be silenced um, and, and they should be like fools because that's what most of them are. Matt Rule is building this thing back up. He's got his program back where he wants it, not quite where he wants it to be, but they're competitive, they're respectable, they're continuing to improve, they're still a very young team, and you have to like what Matt Rule is doing with these Baylor Bears. You just you have to do it. So uh, Jared Taylor writes, no passion or discipline from the players, referring to Oklahoma State and a head coach who doesn't seem to care. OSU has given up. You know, I don't know. I'm curious on Oklahoma State as to whether or not this is similar to 2014, right? Kind of a lost season. And then you have Mason Rudolph at the end of the game or at the end of the season come in um, and, and have that performance against OU, and then things kind of build from there. You have three straight 10-win seasons. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd be curious to hear from Oklahoma State fans on whether or not they view this like that season, kind of just a rebuild year, get back at it next year and be competing for Big 12 championships. Something about Gundy, you know, it's weird. When you have someone that's kind of eclectic like Gundy, and when things aren't going well, that eclectic nature does not sit well with a lot of people. And it makes them look lackadaisical at times. But when things are going great, you sit back and you say, oh, this is Gundy. His style works. People love him. He's unique to us. And he's all about what this program's, uh, you know, moving towards and defined by. So it's, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 with these guys' personalities. Same thing with someone like Mike Leach and, and some of these guys who are, uh, you know, a little bit out there sometimes. But, yeah, I, something about Gundy has felt a little weird all season long from the media scuffle with Jalen McCleskey, the fallout from that, and and certainly that team did give up towards the end of that game. I mean, you just you, there's no other way to put it. They gave up uh, at the end of that game in Manhattan, and that was very disappointing to see, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I have not mentioned, and I should mention, Texas Tech and TCU from Thursday. I don't know if this one saved the job of Cliff Kingsbury because we've seen him get off the hot starts. But usually what would happen with Cliff Kingsbury is they get off to a 3-1, and one, uh, you know, 3-2, and 4-2 and two start, and then once they got into the teeth of conference play, things would totally fall apart. Well, that's not in any way – 
what happened in that game on the road on Thursday night. Cliff Kingsbury deserves an enormous amount of credit for that win. David Gibbs, the defensive coordinator, keeping the Horn Frogs in check and kind of having a bend but don't break. They gave up over 400 yards of offense, but TCU only scored 14 points in the game. And that was absolutely enormous. And to be doing this with guys like Jed Duffy and McLean Carter, a quarterback, makes it even that much more impressive. And you think back to when TCU hung 82 on Texas Tech just a few short years ago. This team and this program has come a long way. And you know, you also know that the Texas Tech powers that be desperately wants Cliff Kingsbury to succeed. They do. They want to see that. They want this guy to be their leader because he wants to be there. They've been burned in the past by too many guys that uh, just, you know, use it as a stepping stone job. He won't do that. He just won't. And if he gets another couple of wins like this, if if Cliff Kingsbury gets to seven wins this season, he's absolutely coming back. And he's got it. You know, I think at some point Texas Tech has to make a decision here because recruiting is going to be affected, you know? Someone writes, I'd love Cliff to be the OC at Texas. That's wishful thinking. Yeah, you know, that's very wishful thinking. Very wishful thinking. At this point, this guy's, you know, when they play Iowa State next weekend on the 27th, I believe it is, all of a sudden that's that's a game between two teams that are going to be, you know, in the conversation as a potential dark horse in the Big 12 Conference. That game has a ton of hype and a ton of intrigue around it. It really does. And Cliff Kingsbury is a guy who I have, I really like, and I wanted to see him succeed from the get-go, and I wanted to have him and see him have a good year. And he's certainly trending towards that. If he keeps this up, he picks up, like I said, seven, eight wins, he's coming back. But Texas Tech should make that call maybe in the next three, four weeks, depending on what they see. Because with that new early signing period, when most of these teams are taking care of business, if you have a head coach who's in limbo and nobody knows if he's coming back, that makes life a lot more difficult. And it's hurt Texas Tech on the recruiting trail in recent weeks. It has. Uh, Curtis writes, Dana needs to hire Doug Meacham. No, 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 no. You don't want Doug Meacham. I know he was bad at Kansas, but before that, even at TCU, even at TCU, he got run off by Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson said, I, I, you got to run the ball here sometimes. And he made a comment at the end. I guess that was the end of the 2016 season when Doug Meacham, before Doug Meacham went to Kansas. And Gary Patterson clearly took a couple of pot shots at Meacham on his way out the door. So Meacham goes to Kansas, and he was a disaster there. And I know that he was dealing with Kansas talent. I understand all that. But no, I, Doug Meacham, uh, you know, he's running an old school air raid. He's not running any type of power spread. He doesn't really want to use the running game still. And he has not evolved from, you know, what Mike Leach was doing 10 years ago, which teams have kind of caught up to. So uh, Dana Holgerson, if I'm him, I'm just calling the plays. I'm sorry, Jake Spavital. This guy has not proved that he can make in-game adjustments. He hasn't. And to lose Will Greer and to not have Will Greer potentially get you to at least a Big 12 championship game. I know he got hurt at the end of last season, but to not have Will Greer playing a Big 12 championship game during the two years that you have him would be a major disappointment, a huge letdown, and a massive failure by West Virginia and this program.
Worst case scenario for Brett. Uh, Brett writes, worst case scenario for Tech 7 and 5. Um, is that the worst case scenario? No, we can think of a worst case scenario for Tech. We've seen them fold throughout the season. Let me pull up the schedule here really quickly. Uh, they got Kansas this week, so then they're at 5-2. and two. Then you have Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Baylor. So at 5-2, and two, beating K-State and Baylor at the end of the season gets them to 7-5 and five if they lose to Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas. Worst-case scenario for Texas Tech is probably 6-6. Six and six. Got to win this game against Kansas. That puts you at 5-2. and two. And then if all hell breaks loose down the stretch and you lose uh, four or five against Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, K-State, Baylor, you know, uh, that's probably the worst case, six and six. I hate to say it, but I think it's a little worse than seven and five, unfortunately. Tim writes, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, and Baylor are all losses for Tech. I'm not convinced on that Baylor game. Baylor's getting better. But I'm not convinced that that's a loss in any stretch of the imagination for uh, Tech. I, I do like what Cliff Kingsbury has going on. And the sooner they get Alan Bowman back, the better off they would be. Uh, that's that, And I hope it's sooner than later with that collapsed lung. Cliff Kingsbury insinuated that maybe he could have gone the other night. But if he can get back at it, even if you don't play him against Kansas, right, or if you just give him a little bit of time to get his reps and, and get back in the groove, and then you have him back at Iowa State in a couple of weeks, I think that would be huge. And I'm debating right now going up to Ames for that Iowa State-Texas Tech game because there is suddenly going to be a ton of intrigue around that one. I will be at Texas-West Virginia the following week in Austin on November 3rd. So mark your calendars, uh, Texas and West Virginia fans, if you're going to be in Austin for that one. And I might just make that drive up to Ames uh, next weekend for Iowa State and Texas Tech, depending on the kickoff. It's about a three-hour drive from Kansas City, so we'll see if I end up pulling the trigger on that. Uh, final comments from up on Periscope on Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys joining us. I, I think right now the Big 12 is totally up for grabs. If you think Texas is going undefeated in the Big 12 Conference, uh, I, I got a bridge to sell you because it's not happening. It's just not especially if Ellinger's out for any lengthy period of time. Shane Bouchel, they have no chance to go undefeated with Shane Bouchel. I think they have a limited chance of doing it with Sam Ellinger just because Tom Herman puts up a stinker when you least expect it. He, he just That's what he does. The bye week could not have come at a better time with Oklahoma State now in two weeks. Then you have West Virginia Tech, Iowa State, Kansas, and uh, then the Big 12 championship game potentially. But, I, you know, there's no way Texas is going 9-0 in the Big 12. I, I just don't see it. So Iowa State could be in the mix, I think, for a Big 12 championship game. Then you have West Virginia, Oklahoma, and even Texas in the conversation. I know Baylor's 2-2. Two and two. I, I, I just don't, I don't see how the Bears are going to potentially get themselves to that level. Uh, Doc writes, Ellender expected back after the, after the bye week. Yeah, I know. I know he is. I know he is. Tim, am I going to be at Oklahoma WVU? No, I'm not going to be at that game, unfortunately. Day after Thanksgiving, um, life is due in December. No, I'm not, I'm not going to be traveling out to Oklahoma, West Virginia on Black Friday, unfortunately. Won't be there for that one. Um, plan on being at the Big 12 championship game as of right now. We'll see how that continues to go and what happens over the coming weeks with, uh, with me personally. If not, Heartland College Sports will absolutely be there as well. So we got our power rankings coming out. We'll get to those uh, tomorrow on heartlandcollegesports.com. Derek Duke with his good, bad, and ugly will be coming your way as well. A lot of great content coming up on the site. 
And any final comments, throw them in there. If not, we're going to wrap this uh, wrap this baby up. And we're brought to you by betnow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND, when you deposit for a 100% sign-up bonus. We're using them. I hope you will as well. It helps us out as we continue to build this thing up from the uh, from the grassroots level. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Share this, Facebook, Periscope, whatever it might be, helps us out a lot. And uh, we will chat with you very soon. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, we'll talk with you soon.